do you know, um, have you been back in, in the neighborhood and know exactly kind of where your house was? Like, what's there now? Well, I tell you what, if you're coming uh, down 75 South and you get off at the Freeman Avenue exit, you are at 10-something Guest Street. So I know my house was around that way because I lived at 928 Guest Street. Retired administrator Cheryl Meadows and her family lived on Guest Street until it was redeveloped for the creation of Interstate 75. If you're coming down 75 South, then you take the Freeman Avenue exit. You get off, you can see it says Guest Street. Mm-hmm. You know where, where Frisch's is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, that's Guest Street. Where, yeah. you know, and so it's, it, the address is 10 something Guest Street. So I know if I go to my left, where they got like the overpass, that has to be where my house was. Now, as long as Dyer School was there, I could look over there and tell, but I know that that's the vicinity where my house was. Hear her story in this episode of the West End Stories Project. I'm Key, manager of the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library's West End Branch. Thanks for listening. Cincinnati too, and uh, they were from the West End. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandparents on my mother's side were from uh, Georgia, and on my father's side, um, uh, they came uh, by way of Mississippi and Louisiana. Okay. And you, do you have siblings? No. So you're only child? Mm-hmm. Well, I have half um I had half brothers and sisters, but for all practical purposes, I'm, I'm an only child between my mother and father. Mm-hmm. What was it like being an only child at that well, time? I had cousins all around me, and I had friends that lived on the street, so I never felt like I was lonely, you know, or alone. So it was always cousins in and out, you know. They were in your age range, and they stayed there. And, uh, and you know, and then people on the street. So I had kids that I played with on the street. You know, we would play four square. We would, you know, use chalk and make our own Foursquare and hot scotch and, you know, play jacks and, and things like that, jump rope. Uh, you know, we would get clothes, a lot, uh, you know, clothes, line rope and, and, and do that. So I, I was always around people. I always had kids to play with and cousins that, you know, from time to time either stayed with you for a time and, you know, who was always around. So I was never, uh, you know, a, a, a loner. Miss Meadows' mother, Ruth Pulliam, was a trailblazer who acquired new skills to transition from manual labor to professional work. What did your parents do for a living? Well, my mother uh, ended up being a secretary, and my father was a, uh, a janitor most of his life. Where was your mama secretary? Well, she uh, she started off. Quite interestingly, uh, 
she uh, started off working at General Hospital. General Hospital was where most uh, blacks uh, in my age were born at. General, what was now University Hospital was General Hospital. And so she started off there washing dishes, and she got tired of doing that because she had to work on holidays and weekends, and she went to Chase Law School to take up typing and shorthand, and she passed the civil service exam, and she started working for the city in the vital statistics. She was one of the first uh, uh, black women that, uh, you know, that, that worked for the city at that time, you know, in the, in that office. Wow. And where was your dad a janitor? Uh, he used to be at Porter. It used to be two schools, Porter and Hayes, and he was a janitor there. He was a janitor at uh, 12th District School which is in over the Rhine, and so he did that. And then he later, you know, um, became a boiler operator, but the major- majority of the time, you know, he uh, did janitorial work. Her family lived at 928 Guest Street, which was between Pine and Bay Miller Streets then, and is somewhere near the Freeman Avenue exit on I-75 South now. We had a pretty nice home. We uh, we, uh, we had a peach tree in our yard. We had, um, oh, I guess maybe about seven rooms or so. And, um, you know, at a time, um, uh, you know, maybe before I was born, my grandparents used to rent out the second floor. And uh, But then when I was growing up, we had the, you know, the whole house. And from time to time when family members may have had a hard time or came up from the south, then they stayed in the house and, my grandmother would sit out in the front, and people would come and and you know knock peaches off the tree, you know, in the in the front yard. So we had a uh, you know nice backyard, side yard, and and when it was hot, we would uh, put a cot out on the side yard, and you would sleep out there, uh, you know, because it wasn't like you had air conditioning; you had fans, church fans, or you know fans you put on the floor. You know, so when it was very hot, you would we slept outside because back then nobody had. I don't remember nobody ever having a key. You know, I don't remember nobody breaking in places. You know, it wasn't crime like it is now. It's interesting what people call a basement. We had a cellar because uh, my grandfather would get coal out the cellar, and uh, that's what helped keep your house warm. You know, I remember. You know how you'd have the ice man come up and down the street on the horse, you know, bringing bringing people ice. You had, you, I re, I remember that. I remember my grandmother used to can food. She would can food, make wine. She'd be squeeze, squeezing grapes in a in a cloth, and and uh, you know the juice would be the wine, and and uh, and so she did a lot of canning. And during the winter. She would get out peaches and pears and all that stuff, and, and that's the kind of thing. But you had a cellar. We had a cellar in our house. Okay. Your grandparents owned the home? Yeah, they owned the home. My uh, mother's family owned the home. My father's family lived on 4th Street in what they called the Sand Rafer Building, and uh, that was one of the few buildings that had an elevator uh, in it. So, But we lived on Guest Street. That's where we had you know, the uh, the house. Around 1958, her family was informed about the Kenyon Bar Urban Redevelopment Project, which would displace them and hundreds more 
for the construction of I-75. When did your family move to Evanston? When when Urban Renewal came. Urban Renewal came in like 58, and when Urban Renewal came, then uh, people who owned property were notified that you had to move because uh, there was going to be a clearance of the West End. So we had to uh we had to 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 leave the west end like everybody else did uh you know we we were displaced and that's when uh, blacks moved to uh Avondale and Everston and Walnut Hills and other places you know so that i was really and we as little girls cried cuz we didn't want to leave one another but ironically enough uh some of us stayed in touch with one another through the years and still, uh, you know, uh, communicate with one another. So that's the good thing. But it was, uh, it was a, a sad uh, feeling to, to have to leave the West End to begin to see, um, uh, you know, people, uh, leave, uh, the, the, uh, the street, uh, houses become vacated, you know, so that was all around you. When Urban Renewal came, our church, uh, had to had to move too, and uh, we I remember we used to have those stained glass windows and pipe organ and I don't know what ever happened to uh, uh, to all, all of those kinds of things, but um, you know we um, uh, you know our church had to move and you know it, it resulted in a split in our church because some people uh, didn't want to move to the location that uh, they had found. Um, uh, uh, some of the people in our church found. Uh, uh, a site on uh, Forest Avenue, and my grandparents didn't want to go there, and so our church ended up splitting, and, you know, St. John AME Zion Church moved over on Forest, and then we established uh, a new church, St. Mark AME Zion Church, and we, um, um, you know, were left kind of homeless, but we found space at the Y, I think it was the YWCA or YMCA right next to your library, Um you know, before you built this other facility, I don't know whether it was the YW or YM, but we used to have uh, church services there. Then for a time, we went over to the Union Terminal, and in their theater, we had church services before we built the church in Coryville. Since she left the community around the age of 10, she only attended one school in the West End, Dyer Elementary School on Bay Miller and Guest Streets. Dyer School, it was interesting. Um, uh, I started Dyer School in the kindergarten, and uh, I uh, was going half day with Miss Frank, was my kindergarten teacher. And Miss Frank had been one of my mother's teachers, too, years before then. And interestingly enough, when I was at Dyer School, uh, uh, Lawrence Hawkins was the principal, and Mr. Mallory, who was the um uh, uh, the, the state representative, he was a teacher at Dyer School when I went there. So, um, you know, and we had, uh, several other, you know, black teachers, Miss Douglas, uh, Ruth Douglas, uh, Miss Ruth Johnson, and, you know, people like that. They were, uh, teachers at Dyer School. Uh, I remember that big yard that they had that we would play, um, um, you know, kickball with and, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I remember Miss Hildebrand, my third grade teacher, and bringing us gifts at Christmas time. So, uh, our school was a, was a pretty good school, and I, uh, you know, enjoyed my stay there. Gotcha. Some people have described certain schools as being very heavy on discipline. 
was dire that way. Yeah, well, you, you, you your discipline came from the home, first of all. So the teachers, a lot of my friends, they didn't have uh, uh, problems at the school because you knew that you were expected to behave in school. So uh, the school at the time I was there didn't have to do all that because uh, that reinforcement was coming from the home. There was some values around education and learning and uh, behavior. The West End, when I was there, you had poor people, you know, but one of the things we did have is there was some values taught about education and learning and behavior. And so you knew that you had to go to school. You knew that you better be in there trying to learn because you knew that what that that your ticket to a better life was that education. So we knew that. So uh you know that was something you know uh, uh being being poor didn't you know didn't didn't hamper you from wanting a better life because you knew the ingredients to that was you know uh, uh going to school, you know, and trying to uh learn as much as you can. Uh, so that you could, uh, you know, have a better life. And so, you know, uh, the one thing I think is missing now is those uh, those those values. Um, you know, and people say, well, people are poor. Well, they was always poor, but that doesn't mean because you're poor that you got to stay poor. You know, uh, I get sort of dismissed when I say that, but uh, I'm not going to let uh, poverty be no excuse for a violent life and a lack of learning. That's, yeah. we're, not going, we're not going to hang on to that as, as the reason why you don't go to school, the reason why you misbehave, the reason why you, uh, you know, are not trying to better your life. Because black people in the West End, most of them were poor. But there was those values that, 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 that were taught that, you know, I think is greatly missing now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Stories Project. The West End Stories Project is brought to you by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library and is co-produced by your host, Key, and our reference coordinator, Kent Mulcahy. If you like what you've heard, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and help us get discovered by leaving a review. Thank you. girlfriend she says uh, one of the things that inspired her was my mother she said my mother was one of the first women black women that she saw wearing high heels and with a car you know but uh you know and she said that inspired her because what we would see uh is many of the people uh that lived there they did day's work and so you'd see them you know with the uh you know shopping bag and you know and the scarf and you know and 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 so you saw that and so when uh, my girlfriend uh, Shirley she often says that she said well your mother inspired me she said because she was uh wearing a high heels going to work cuz remember I told you she uh was able to pass a silver service exam and get a job as a clerk in the uh, vital statistics department, she bought herself a 1956 uh, yellow Belvedere Plymouth, 
And so Shirley says, you know, that's what inspired, you know, her to want to, uh, you know, to do something a little different. 